تذكر يوما كنت تعانق دمعة الفكر تناجي الله في صبر وترجو رحمة تسري فعاش القلب إخلاصا وصرت تحومك الطير تحلق في ثقافات وتنهل من الخير Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Welcome to another episode of Baraka Broadcast. Today, our guest is Khala Bahavna. Assalamu alaikum, Khala Bahavna. How are you doing today? Good, alhamdulillah. Wa alaikum Um, To start off, I would like you to tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, I'm born and raised in the Bay Area. My parents came from India in the early 70s as graduate students and they met at UC Berkeley and uh, got married. So I was born in Oakland, grew up pretty much in Fremont, um, went to college in, at Berkeley. I live now in the South Bay, so I've pretty much always been in the Bay Area. Uh, the only exception is three years, my husband and I lived in Egypt. We were studying Islam and uh, Islamic studies and Arabic. So that's really the only time we lived anywhere else. Um, and uh, also of note is that my parents were not Hindu. So I learned about Islam mostly in college and then became Muslim right after college. So as you told about your parents coming here as immigrants from India and then them being not Muslim, how was your journey coming to Islam and then also being from outside the country? What was your journey like? So uh, coming to Islam for me was a very gradual process. Um, and I know some people have these really exciting stories of <laughs> like drastic change. I think for me, you know, becoming Muslim wasn't a, a huge drastic change in terms of lifestyles or, or, or a lot of the values. Um, you know, my parents were from India. A lot of the values we had were, were in common with Islam. And what I found actually is that in college, you know, I, I went to Berkeley and Berkeley is very much cliquish. You know, people find the group that they want to hang out with and they hang out with them. Um, and so, you know, for me, my choices were or the default was like to hang out with the other um, Indian American students at Berkeley. Um, I wasn't very much, though, comfortable or into the scene. There was a lot of sort of partying and drinking and and, you know, from the beginning, I was always a little more, I guess, morally conservative. So I wasn't really interested in those things. Um, and at the same time, I had some childhood friends that wound up going to Berkeley who were Muslim, and they invited me to an MSA meeting. And um, actually, my first exposure to Islam through that MSA meeting was with Amir Abdul Malik, who was one of your mm -hmm. guests. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, I was really intrigued by what he was saying. And then I really felt comfortable amongst the Muslim students because they were fun, uh, nice, welcoming, but there wasn't all the like drinking and dating and that kind of stuff that I wasn't interested in. Um, so I felt very comfortable with the Muslim students. So I wound up having a couple of groups in college. I had the Muslims and I also got really into meditation. So um, I would do a lot of meditation. And I think by being around Muslims I, and by practicing meditation, it was a process of, you know, clearing my mind and sharpening my 
sort of my critical thinking skills, my thought process in order to see things more clearly. So as mm-hmm. I was learning about Islam, it was becoming more and more obvious that this was the, the truth. Um, you know, as for your second question, I never really felt like I was from another country. I've always felt very much and felt very strongly that I'm American and and this is my country and um, and I belong here and we need to sort of widen the perception and definition of who can belong and who's American. So as a very young kid, I remember um, being sort of upset when my parents would say, oh, you're Indian friend or your American friend. I say, well, I'm American also. And I felt, you know, very strongly about that. Um, so, uh, you know, I never really felt that. O- obviously, any everyone here has issues they may need to deal with um, coming from maybe immigrant parents or grandparents navigating various cultural norms. Um, but I never felt like that was a conflict or a problem. So what, what were your struggles going into Islam and then actually accepting it? What were struggles you faced before, while you were getting into the process of learning about Islam and then after you accepted Islam, what were struggles you had to face internally with your family and then externally with old friends and other people? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, I, as I said, I, I learned about Islam early in college and I actually thought about becoming Muslim pretty early on. And initially my thought was, it's going to be too hard to become Muslim. Um, as I mentioned, I wasn't doing a lot of things that I would have had to stop. You know, as a, as a Muslim, I was already pretty sort of like morally conservative. But even then, knowing, quote unquote, the rules, it just seemed like a big burden, you know, uh, to change everything. Um, and so at, at that point, and this was maybe my second year of college, I thought, well, I can like Islam, I can practice some of the principles and the habits without actually becoming Muslim. And that's sort of how I thought for a couple of years. And it wasn't until really my last year of college when I started to become more serious about the study of Islam, mm-hmm. and I learned about the life of the Prophet وسلم, that I feel like I actually believed. I, I didn't just admire the religion of Islam. You know, in, in the beginning, I admired it for the principles, social justice and, and moral values and um, social values. But when I learned about the life of the Prophet وسلم, and I realized, okay, this is the truth, it, it became like, it doesn't matter what I have to do. I have to accept this. Right? So the belief came first. And I said, if I believe, then I'll do whatever I have to do. And um, I think that's valuable because I'm a mother of two kids and I sort of approach parenting in the same way, like try not to focus too much on what you have to do and what you don't have to do, but focus on belief because once the belief enters the heart, the person becomes willing to do whatever it takes. Um, So, you know, the struggle I think was initially just making that leap or the transition was Mm -hmm. making that leap. Um, The hardest part, honestly, was just um, knowing or anticipating what the reaction would be from family and friends. Mm -hmm. So there weren't a lot of things about being Muslim that I found hard. Um, I had slowly incorporated a lot of those habits into my life, Um, but it was anticipating how my family would react. And I remember one day I was, 
I hadn't taken Shahada, but I was praying Fajr in the morning because I had learned and I wanted to start praying. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, why haven't I taken Shahada yet? Um, what's stopping me? And I realized what was stopping me is I was afraid of what my father would say. At this point, my mother had passed away and I'm an only child. So it's, it was just my father. And when I realized that I wasn't taking Shahada because I was worried about my father, that's shirk, right? Like putting my father above Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I decided I have to, I have to do it. And it was a Friday and I was going to Jama with a friend. So I told her and I just took Shahada that day. Um, alhamdulillah. But it was, it was really hard on my father. Um, you know, you asked, how was it with family and friends? Um, so again, my father was the only relative I really had here. All of our relatives were in India and not really mm -hmm. part of our daily lives. Um, my, it was really hard on him. And for him, I think he took it as a personal rejection. Um, he's very attached to his Indian culture. And for my father, I think being Indian and being Hindu um, is very much intertwined. Mm -hmm. For me, I saw them as separate, like there's culture and then there's religion, right? And I think part of that is also being in America, my culture is a little different from my father, right? So um, I could separate those things, right? That religion is what you believe. Culture is these norms and practices that have been part of your family. But for him, it was all intertwined. So I think when I, you know, sort of changed my faith, it was like I was rejecting um, him or his family or his culture. Mm -hmm. So it was very hard in the beginning for him and then therefore for me. Um, but, uh, you know, he, I think he came to accept it and get used to it, um, he loves my husband, uh, my husband, my in-laws, and that helped that um, he felt comfortable with them. Um, so that helped the process. I became Muslim, of course, before I was introduced to my husband or, mm. or got married. But uh, that process helped him adjust, I think, to the idea. Um, and in terms of friends, you know, the friends who knew me knew this was coming. So it wasn't a surprise. But there were some friends who just sort of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> at that Couldn't time, accept said, it. No. <laughs> right? They just sort of uh, dropped communication. And, um, and there were some friends who I found out later stopped communicating because they were very confused because they didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. But then years later, I got back in touch and was able to explain and it's, it's fine. So sort of a mixed bag. So what inspired you to keep going beyond that fear of actually being accepted by your family and then wanting to continue to actually become Muslim and learn more about it, as you mentioned in your introduction, that you went to Egypt and actually did more study on Islam later on? Yeah. So um, honestly, I think when I became, right when I became Muslim, because it was really through firm belief. I was very enthusiastic, alhamdulillah, you know, in a good way. And I wanted to do everything right, do everything that I could. Uh, I was asking a lot of questions. And I honestly, I think in the beginning, the reason I wanted to study abroad is because it was like a fashionable thing to do. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you very honestly, I don't know if that desire was like sincerely for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? I was around a group of people who 
We're like, this is the thing to do, right? If you want to show that you're a practicing Muslim or you're a committed Muslim, you just go abroad. So I think I was caught up in that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I was introduced to, um, to Najib, who's my husband, and he also wanted to study abroad. He wanted to study abroad for different reason. He was involved in uh, the local chop- chapter of Mass, Muslim American mm-hmm. Society, and uh, really wanted to become like an educated activist, right? Like if you're teaching people about Islam or you're doing youth work in the community or doing work in the masjid, uh, you need to have some basis of knowledge, right? Uh, With which to do that work, not necessarily become a scholar, but have informed opinions and be able to give good advice and, and those kinds of things. So that was his intention. So, you know, when we got married, my, my thinking also changed and I really, wanted to be involved in the community, but I didn't want to be involved and be ignorant of the Islamic sciences and the background behind why we do what we do. And then also bring a sort of modern perspective to these issues, right? Um, Like how do we address some of the modern issues from an Islamic perspective? You can't do that unless you study, you know, the the sciences. So, um, you know, that's what became the motivation is to really be able to serve the community. And I think that desire actually came even through my childhood, like being of service to the community was always a really uh, emphasized value in my family. Um, And that just continued afterwards. And the focus, I guess, sort of broadened to not just volunteer work, but also, you know, doing youth work and other kinds of work within the Muslim community as well. So to end off with the last question, as you as you said that you became a Muslim in a young at a young age, what is something you could tell the young Muslim woman and men or young non-Muslim women and men that want to convert but are still doubting themselves? And something that you could say to our Muslim community, Muslim youth as a word of inspiration. I don't it's a lot of pressure to, <laughs> to, to try to come up with something inspirational. But what I can say is what I did was I spent a lot of time um, on my own and a lot of time in contemplation. Um, and that was crucial. Um, I think what's going on these days with all of us is there's so much distraction, right? There's, there's, uh, I mean, when I was going through this, there wasn't even social media, but even then there was dist- distraction, just TV and music and uh, just everything, right? And um, when I first started, I'll tell you something funny that when I first started meditating and, you know, I would meditate for half hour, an hour. And what happens when you meditate, it's like this process of your brain uh, dumping everything that's in there that's kind of useless, but it's been stored in there. So when I started meditating, all these song lyrics from my childhood and like commercial jingles and all this stuff was in my brain. I said, what a waste, you know, like all this garbage that I really have no use for. So meditation was really a process of clearing that out so I could see things clearly. And when you mm-hmm. see the world for, for what it is, you realize uh, you, you really feel the miracle of creation. You feel the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see Allah in everything around you. And that's what happened to me. So what I would say is intentionally take some time 
to be contemplative, you know, um, if, if, you know, we're talking about a youth or young person who's already Muslim and they're doing their five prayers, um, Alhamdulillah, or, you know, so at least some of them try to increase your focus in those prayers. And even outside of prayer, just take some time to be alone. It could be like going for a walk in your neighborhood without any technology and just looking up at the trees or the sky. It could be longer taking a day, you know, for yourself to spend in nature. I think spending time in nature is crucial. Um, but just really reconnecting with like the basics uh, will help bring you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And once that happens, it's like a domino. Everything else, you know, comes, but that's the foundation. Um, almost like what the Prophet used to do in Ramadan, right? We're, we're coming up on Ramadan. And before revelation, he would spend that month in contemplation before he knew how to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, um, you know, there's a precedent for that in Islam. And that's what I would say is sort of the um, most effective path becoming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Well, Jazakallah khairan for joining us today and telling us about your interesting story of how you came to America and like how your family came here and became and you became Muslim. Um, inshallah, join us next time. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for watching today's episode. Be sure to check out our other episodes as well as our Instagram page at Baraka Broadcast. Email us or comment down below and let us know what you think of our content. And if you have any questions, see you next time, inshallah.